James 3, uh, beginning with verse 1, hear the word of God. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouth of horses so that they obey us, uh, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. They are so large and are driven by strong winds. They're guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace, peace by those who make peace. Grass withers, flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. We don't talk about our tongues very much. Um, when was the last time you thought about your tongue? Brushing your teeth, maybe? Maybe? Just now. Right now, because I just said something? Uh, if you go to the dentist, they make you stick out your tongue. Um, I, I feel like I really don't ever think about my tongue unless it's like the, the mishap in eating, like you accidentally bite your tongue. And that just kind of sucks because then you keep thinking about your tongue over and over again. Uh, maybe some ways that this passage ends up feeling like that, all of a sudden you start to notice it more. But um, this passage, James is trying to get you to think about your tongue. The Bible uh, talks a lot about our tongue, about our mouth, about our lips, about the words that come out of us. It uses it as an expression, right, for our speech. Um, so looking back to how much Proverbs uh, and its wisdom talks about our language, our words, what kind of words we do, when we speak things, uh, what's encouraging about them, what's destructive about them. Uh, Jesus' teaching says so much about it. Um, and so, so it's 
what comes out of our mouth and our, and our tongues, but it's also it's expression for words and language and communication and speech. So sometimes that's uh, typed out with our fingers or tapped out with your thumbs um, or written out with, with pen. Uh, but, but God wants you to think about your tongue more. And from James, we might even ask the question this way, as you think about your tongue, what's wrong with your tongue? Not that you bit it or you need to brush your teeth more, but what's, what's wrong uh, with your tongue? Um, I want us to look at it, though, in terms of freedom for speech. Um, so we can be thankful for living in America, religious liberties, First Amendment, um, freedom of speech. Though you can, you can believe what you want to believe, and you can say that, and you can express it, and that's protected. Um, it's, not, it's not punished. Um, but then on the other side, like I'm thankful for that, but the place where I start to get most worried about, uh, about like American society is when I decide like I'm reading an article, it's an interesting article. You never want to do this, but sometimes you do. You like scroll down past the article. Not, not all the advertisements, right? But you get even past the advertisement. There's like this the internet comment section. It's like, oh my goodness. Every once in a while there's this like gem of some, somebody just wrote something brilliant in there. But like 95% of it just quickly degenerates into uh, insults and name callings. And like, you're like, oh my goodness, these people, why are they like, where does this come from? Give us a different picture for what we do with our freedom of speech. Okay. So, so in this passage and coming out as we've, as we've been through Galatians and James and talking about freedom, um, I want to encourage you to think about how do you use your freedom of speech, not just an American religious liberty value, but a, but a gospel freedom uh, for how we speak, for what we would say. The gospel gives us a deeper uh, freedom for speech, not just to say whatever we, whatever we want, whatever we think at the moment, type it out and not worry about the consequences, um, but to, to use your tongue, to use your speech uh, for healing, for, for giving life, uh, for encouragement, uh, for pointing people to Christ, for showing uh, love uh, to one another, that we get to uh, reflect what God has said to us. Here's scripturally what God has spoken to us in his son, uh, who is the word, is what we're now uh, freed in the gospel to be able to use our tongues uh, for. So how do you use uh, your freedom for speech? I'm not, I'm not coming up with a lot of questions to just ask you all. So. I know, I was going to like try to have questions, and I thought there would be different questions that I would come up with as I was talking. I don't have questions. So you're just going to have to ask questions if you want, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going with stuff uh, if I can't just come and the good things out of it. We'll, we'll get to, I'll get to the various sides of it. Two sides I want us to see, okay? Uh, freedom for speech, but I want us to look at it on uh, problems for speech and the purpose of speech and putting those together. Um, and the, the problem for speech... I decided to ask questions. I know. I'm like caught in this middle ground. I'm just going to keep going. All right, y'all interrupt me, but I'm just going to keep going. Um, Here's the problem for speech is it it reveals our imperfection. Uh, That's how how James talks about it, right? Uh, Someone doesn't stumble in what he says. He's a a perfect man, able to bridle bridle his whole body, his, his whole self, right? 
Um, I expect that it doesn't take us very long to remember words that have been spoken to us that hurt, that were painful, uh, that stuck with us. Maybe some of those things are things that still stick with you. Others you've kind of mostly worked past. But there's, there's things that someone else said, and maybe that was a friend. Uh, maybe it was someone you didn't even particularly know well, but you can still remember the sting of the edge of that remark. Sometimes from family, sometimes from parents, teachers. Hear the pastor would say even uh, pastors, teachers, people in ministry. Um, and, and we know the hurt of that. Stays with us. On the other hand, I'd also say it probably doesn't, I guess it doesn't take us very long to remember comments that we've made to someone else that we wish we could take back, that we, we didn't mean for it to come out that way. Maybe we saw it on their face. Maybe we thought about it later. Maybe we watched the consequences of it, said the wrong thing. Maybe spoke at the wrong times, said things that weren't true, um, just because we felt mad. It felt good to just go ahead and, and say it. Um, the, um, the, the things that James is getting to is that if, if you don't mess up in the things that you say, you're, you're perfect. And we're not. So, so the point is, we mess up in what we say a, a lot. Right? So being a, getting to teach isn't like this higher thing, it's this dangerous thing. Here's the overall uh, thing that James will be uh, saying. Um, you don't want to teach because if you teach, then you have to use words. And the more that you're coming up with the, the words that you're speaking, then, then your issues are going to come out. The things that you're saying. Um, and what you say, how you say, and when and why you say it. And, and not only that, but, but small words can have big consequences. Um, in someone else's life, um, hard consequences, bad consequences, and and that we really don't know how to keep it in check. Right, this no human being is able to tame the tongue, um, and, and so much so, he even goes on to say uh, that we end up undermining and contradicting the very good that we're hoping that we can be hoping to do. It might bless God on the one hand and be cursing his image in people on the, on the other, right? even as we try to communicate the good. Um, but but if, if James is bringing out our imperfection and talking about what comes out of our tongues, what comes out of our language and our speech and how we use our, our freedom of speech, then you can see how much the gospel is important here. Right? And sometimes in James, it's because he's driving at us in a gospel understanding, but driving toward how we're living that out and exposing us. We can start to pull away from that. Um, but the gospel is what deals with our sins and our failures and all the ways that we mess up, all the many ways that we stumble. Uh, the Christ's blood is what covers that and reconciles us to God. So instead of having to lie and manipulate to cover up the horrible things that we've said or the ways we've hurt someone else, we can acknowledge it. And we can acknowledge not just that it was in the words that we spoke, but there was attitudes on the inside and heart motives that were wrong. And we can acknowledge the ugliness of it. And we can confess sin. We can, we can uh, acknowledge hurt to one another and ask for forgiveness. We can uh, acknowledge our need uh, for change. Uh, the gospel frees us uh, for that because Jesus has covered it. And uh, the Spirit works a new way of life in us. Uh, it frees us to live uh, differently, sharing the resurrection of Christ. 
That we can be uh, free, not just for admitting uh, our wrongs, uh, but speaking words that, that come from a new heart, uh, a new mind, and a new spirit that reflects uh, the love of Jesus and the words that comes out for us. Um, so, so James takes that, as we understand the gospel, and as it's exposing us, he tries to help us see ourselves in thinking about the tongue more. Uh, for you uh, thinking about your tongue. So it gives you a bunch of different metaphors for it, right? Um, it gives the metaphor of the, of the bit and the bridle in the horse's mouth. It's great when you think about your tongue that way. It's, a, it's, like a, it's like a bit or bridle controlling the whole thing, the rudder of the ship controlling the whole thing, right? This, this huge beast of a horse. Think of like a racing horse and the uh, tone muscles and how fast it can fly, um, how... Gentle it can be and control at the same time or could fly off the handle, feet kicking backwards. But just by this thing placed over its head and in its mouth, this like strong horse gets to be directed and guided in different ways. Or this, or it took a huge uh, sailing ship, right? A clipper ship, however you want to think of it. Um, however big the ship is, cutting through the waves, the wind's being pushed forward. But all it takes is the guy back there on the tiller to just go like this or turn the wheel and the whole thing changes course. Um, right, I think about the steering wheel. You just give a little, you're going down the road, you just, you just give a little, bit of a, a little bit of a jerk. And the whole, like, mass of engine and steel and tons of, uh, of weight can jerk right into the other lane, for, for better or for worse, right? Um, so James is saying our tongue uh, is like that. Um, that, our, that our whole self comes through this small part. This one little part has a, has a big deal for everything, um, everything that we do. So, so instead of, um, like I never really buy the apologies that just go, um, that's not what I meant to say. I, like, like sometimes, yes, our words just get caught up and we like, what? I didn't realize Freudian slipped that this was in there you know, somewhere. There's some subconscious thing or just catch a wrong word. But a lot of times we're just making excuses. And we're like, oh, that's not, what I, that's not what I meant to say. Now that I see that you're hurt by that, I want to mean good towards you. Um, and not acknowledging here. No, this, what came out, this small part that was here was actually a, a picture of the whole big thing of who we are. That what comes out of your, your tongue is revealing about the whole of you. Uh, Jesus says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, it, it's revealing of us. And so it's also what you set your words on directs a lot of the course of your life. What you speak about, what matters to you, uh, and, and what, your, what your mouth uh, goes to, what you leave your words on, gives a lot of the direction and purpose of our lives. Um, uh, and a lot of times we're just talking about ourselves. We're talking about our desires, we're talking about uh, the moment, or talking about the next uh, fun thing. Um, talking about our own needs to the neglect of others around us. Uh, what you speak about, like a rudder. Like a bridle, uh, it has, has a, a sets the course of the whole. It's even speaking of for you. So, think about it this way: whenever you're opening your mouth, you're steering your course. Right? There's the image that James is giving you. Whenever you're opening your mouth, you're, you're steering how the wheel. You're aligning the rudder and the way that you want your life uh, to go, relationships to go. Uh, and whenever you open up your mouth, you're, you're letting out a spark of fire. 
Right, there's just, it's the bridle and the horse, the bit in the horse's mouth, uh, the rudder of the ship. And then he goes on to say the tongue is, is a fire. Uh, this small, uh, huge forest is set ablaze by a small fire. I feel like in the news every summer or every other summer, there's some kind of crazy forest fire in California. Um, and if you can like get those images in your head of here, sometimes it's been uh, whole neighborhoods and huge tracts of land, they're just being consumed in blazes, right? And the helicopter comes through and is dropping the gallons of water all over it, um, and the fire just keeps going forward. And most of the time, it was started by someone being stupid or even just throwing out a cigarette butt. A little bitty thing that has huge consequences. And the little things that we say better or for worse, have huge uh, consequences, uh, James uh, is reminding us. Uh, you, can, you can spark a revolution uh, with words. Um, you can uh, start a fight between your friends pretty quickly with words, with, with um, them with you or just between one another. You can pretty quickly just make a little, you know, you're bitter with someone else and you let that out and a, and a friend revolt takes place. Like people start aligning with you against that person. Just little edges of comments that we make uh, can have huge impacts. Um, it can be a spark that's toward racism. It can be a spark that's toward reconciliation. It can be a spark that's toward friendship, or it can be things that are destructive uh, and tear apart. What do you think the consequences of your words will be? If our words is a, is a spark that can set on fire, uh, set ablaze a, a forest, then we've got to think about the consequences. I think most of the time we don't think a lot about the consequences of what we might say or, or what it might mean or what it might do. Um, or a lot of times it just feels good to complain. Bitterness inside, it kind of feels nice when we find someone that we can just, just express that to you or when we can just go ahead and lay out our blame, uh, lay out accusations, um, give, give, give in to jealousy. But it talks about this way, that it stains the whole body. Right? What kind of the consequences that come out of it are like a stain that, that goes through the whole, messes up the, the whole deal. Um, that even comes down to things like, like inside jokes. Inside jokes aren't always bad. They're not always wrong, right? Um, but what you're doing, you're saying, here's a sense of belonging. Here's something that we have that's a connection with each other. Sometimes that's great. The person that you're with feels like, yes, we have something. We're together. This is good. And when you do those inside jokes when you're around a bunch of other people, it's like, we belong. And you can watch how we have friends. And where are you? Right? Just the edges of remarks like that are who we speak to. Uh, it goes a long way. Uh, and, the, and the consequences that comes. Um, all, of, all of our actions, if you think about it, are affected uh, by words, affected by uh, the concepts uh, that we've grown up in, that we've heard, that people have spoken to us. Uh, James talks about it as, as the whole uh, course of life. And even, uh, I would say it essentially, that some of those concepts are things that are straight out of hell. Some of those things are um, destructive uh, falsehoods, um, uh, bitterness and accusations um, that we run with. Do you think of your tongue as a bit, as a rudder, uh, as, a, as a fire um, that gets started? Um, do, you, do you ever think of your tongue as a wild beast? 
for <laughs> wild beast <laughs> to like come out and all the things that I say. This, this is what James is, is saying about it, right? Um, that no one's able to tame, you can, we can tame all kinds of things, but we can't tame the tongue. Not like a, not a circus animal or, I kind of feel like it's as if, I mean, maybe they had SeaWorld back then, but I feel like James was anticipating uh, SeaWorld. He's like, even not just the reptiles, but even the, uh, the sea creatures, all these things have been tamed by people. Like Daphne just had a field trip down to Orlando at SeaWorld. There's the orcas like doing their thing, the dolphins, the walruses. And it's like, that's so awesome. And here he's saying, no, not like a tamed animal. That's not what your tongue is like. It's harder to control than that. Right? So you can think of like a wild grizzly bear who is raging because you came up in his territory and is coming after you. And James is saying, no, the tongue is harder to control than that. Because uh, people can figure out how to tame a bear, but no human being can tame uh, the tongue. Wild beast, uh, as you're as you're speaking. Um, uh, so that so that um, the way he goes on and says it, it's a it's a restless evil full of deadly uh, poison. No human being can. Pay, it's like as we open our mouth, this poison uh, begins to to seep out. Seep in through our language, uh, through our conversations, through our texting, uh, through our blog posts, whatever uh, it may be uh, for you. And any and every time then that we insult someone, whether that's individually, whether that's groups of of people, um, racism, sexism, or that's just like, those nerds or these sorority girls or whichever different way that we start to talk about these people in negative ways and down on them, uh, every time that we would do that, we're, we're cursing God's image. Are the consequences of what we're uh, doing, not being able to tame it, gives out this poison that's, that's cursing God's image. You see, uh, it says it, uh, from the same mouth come uh, blessing uh, and cursing. These things should not be. We bless the Lord our God and Father, and then we curse people who are made uh, in, the, in the likeness of God. I saw an interesting uh, story uh, this week. Microsoft has a chat bot, like a robot, that gets online and chats with people. Maybe they've used this in China or somewhere else. But they try to have this uh, chat bot called Tay. Um, on Twitter to interact with uh, teen, uh, teens on Twitters and, and followers, right? Um, and within 24 hours, uh, this robot, by feeding off of and interacting with the things that it got, was tweeting out uh, racist and sexist things, like, on and on. So, so they had to pull that thing right back off, right? Because um, picking up on how we talk with one another. Or how we feel like we can be free to express things if we're on the internet. Um, they try to do some modifications and put it back on uh, online uh, again for just a short bit of time. And uh, didn't go the, uh, the insults right, but went all into um, uh, uh, drug use and stuff, like positively encouraging. Right? And they're like, so they're, they're pulling it again, right? When you look at just what our freedom goes to, what our speech goes to, uh, it, it exposes um, how much we're not able to, to tame uh, the tongue, the poison that seeps in uh, through it. Um, even if we would want to honor God, that we're cursing God's image. Tongue's like a spring. It's exposing what's in our heart. Ouch. 
ah, she's good and this evil that, that's mixed in uh, to go, to, to, uh, together. And you take that a little bit further down in the passage and you say, where does this come from? Why do we have such a hard time controlling in our tongues? Why should we be worried about being teachers and how we use our words for the consequences that it would make um, in, in all of these things? And he brings it down to the heart and the source and the spring of what's there and what can be in our hearts. And he talks about uh, jealousy and selfish ambition. Uh, the deep desires of what we want and how we want things for ourselves. And so often when we open our mouth, it's open it with, for our desires, for what feeds me. It's a lot of times why we choose to speak or why we choose to be silent or what words uh, we decide uh, to give. And he says it's uh, earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Uh, not the wisdom from, from above. I uh, belongs uh, to the destructive uh, time of now, um, apart from the spirit, satanic activity of lies, destruction that lead towards death. Is that how you think about your tongue? When you think about your uh, tongue? Do you think of your tongue with those metaphors? Because James is, is giving it to us uh, for that. I don't, I don't like those metaphors. Raging beast uh, setting on a, a, a forest fire uh, but it's good for us to realize and the gospel frees us to be able to, to realize it right Galatians the way uh, Paul talks about it don't use your freedom as an opportunity for vice but through love serve one another and when he goes on and talks about uh, the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit a lot of those things that are things that come out in our words and how we speak uh, with one another how the gospel calls us to use that and the freedom to use it to love and serve one another. How the gospel means you don't have to be stuck there, that you get, that there's a freedom to be exposed and see the danger, and yet for the spirit to be leading us in something else. So the problems of the tongue, but also, or the problems for speech, but also the purpose for speech. Um, <clears throat> Purpose of speech, instead of uh, for self-aggrandizement and uh, greed and influence and positioning um, and you know, communicating to people who we think we are, why we think we uh, matter, or coming out in, in hatred and insult or destroying one another. Um, instead of that, the purpose in the gospel get this for our tongues get to be used uh, for healing, for giving life, for extending uh, life, for letting someone know their beauty, their value. Uh, their, their worth, uh, their hope, uh, speaking up for those who don't have a voice, uh, speaking in protection, speaking in care uh, for others, words of comfort and sorrow, are uh, free to speak those words that say, I hear what's happening with you, and I care, or I know, and you matter to me, and I'm with you, and what can I do for you? Right. Jesus has the words of life. Uh, Jesus is the word of life, even eternal life for us. This starts happening uh, now. And we get to reflect uh, his language. We get to reflect his conversations. Just think of all the people that Jesus spoke to. Uh, how he spoke with tax collectors and sinners. Think of the way that he uh, rebuked the Pharisees. The way that he uh, comforted uh, Mary and Martha uh, when their brother was in the grave. The hope that he gave to the Samaritan woman, um, even as he ex exposed things, but he pointed her to hope and life and to himself. Um, the way he talked to Zacchaeus, 
man despised and scorned by so many others. Um, he talked to um, prostitutes and sinners, Mary Magdalene. Uh, this is who Jesus spent his time speaking life and hope and love, even exposing sin, but communicating uh, hope and the truth of the gospel. Um, the gospel frees you to talk to people on campus that you might usually avoid, uh, that sometimes that you would look down on, or that other times you would just think they probably don't want to talk to me. And so do I matter? Do they matter? Um, what will we even talk about? Um, you get to love your neighbor with your words because of the gospel. So while James, the way he puts it there is significant when he says no human being can tame the tongue, he's not saying God doesn't have any control here. Uh, in fact, all of scripture is saying the spirit influences in such a way that the things that start to come out of our mouth can be led by the spirit. That love and joy and peace and patience get communicated in the things that we say. Uh, even the things that we might uh, text or, or post or write about. Um, the Spirit's able uh, to make new even that source underneath it, right? This spring, what's the source? Where does this come from? Is it jealousy and selfish ambition? Is it concern for ourselves? Or is it the security of being loved by God, of our sins being covered, of hope being made sure uh, that we can speak out of that hope and share that hope with others? Um, <clears throat> We have the Spirit. The Spirit's a source of living water in us is how Jesus talked about it. Who, in the language of this passage, produces not the, the fruit of the Spirit. Here he says a harvest of righteousness. Um, a sown uh, in peace by those who make peace. It's the wisdom from above. that comes from God that accords with his truth. Not our boss, boasting that would be false to the truth, but in this meekness of wisdom. Not self-exalting. Uh, but holding our strength, exercising it to the benefit uh, of others around us and care for them. Uh, pure, peaceable, gentle, um, full of mercy and good fruits and sincerity. That's what our words get uh, to be. Um, God make us, made us remarkably not just to be able to hear him, uh, God created us not just with ears, but with mouths. Not just so we would hear things that God says to us, but so that we can speak back to him. So that we can speak to and communicate with one another. So we can speak about God. Uh, so we can speak in love and relationship and care for one another's needs. The purpose for speech, for our tongue, is to love God. To love our neighbor. And it's only the gospel that frees us to actually want and to actually do that. That freedom of speech doesn't mean Microsoft Taybot gets taken off Twitter again, uh, your life version of that. Uh, it means you get to honor your friends. Uh, and they... Appreciate that some. That you get to speak up for when those comments are there that are starting to cut other people or other groups of people down. Um, and maybe you get on the out because of that. But it's worthwhile. That you get to talk to someone about Jesus. You get to talk about your sin and your struggle and your need for Christ and the hope that he is not just for you but for the world. Speak of God's love. To, we get to speak of God's love to one another.
How do you use your freedom of speech? James wants you to think about your tongue more. He gives you these images. He gives you these metaphors for you to think about your tongue and your speech more. Not just when you bite down on it, but even when you're tapping out a text or uh, writing something out with your fingers. Um, every time that you open your mouth, you think about your tongue and where it leads and where, what's, what it's expressing. And I hope that your tongue more and more reflects the love of God, uh, reflects the hope of the gospel. Because that's what we get to do in all of our conversations with one another.